Hello. Hey, Marlon. Hi, there he is. There How's he is. Going? He's here. He's I've, here. I've, I've automated a, a great deal of my uh, workflow. And sometimes cool. I end up uh, stepping on my own dingus a little bit. A little. Does it hurt? I, um, I used, um, uh, I think I mentioned this. Yeah, of course I probably mentioned this. Uh, hello. Hi. Tuesday. <laughs> Optimistic day. Um, <laughs> I added something to my bunch for starting a podcast that turns on Do Not Disturb and changes my audio input and my audio output which is amazing. So you can send different kinds of commands through Bunch now, even more than before. And then, of course, I have that. I use the API of various uh, things that I have running here to shut off or pause for a while. Um, it's really cool. But, you know, and then, of course, I have the reverse in the other Bunch for end podcast. <clears throat> but then that means stuff like I, I need, really need to turn off Do Not Disturb on my Mac because I don't notice when someone's calling me, which is what happened now for, I believe, two weeks in a row. Mm. So you get a call and it doesn't it doesn't alert you to it and you're just sitting there you're just looking around like what's going on what's up nothing. I had a thought a little, pretty long time ago, probably at least fifteen years ago. I had a thought that telephones used to benefit the use of telephones, you know, especially landlines used to benefit from a certain shared culture. Mm. You know, so like you know, I, I, this is something we talked about in, in reality and as an analogy, which is you know, you never call somebody after nine p.m. unless it is an emergency. Right, that's true. If like there, unless there's some really um, happening or imminent uh, cause for concern about health and property and stuff like that, tornado coming, stuff like that. Right, you would never call somebody at a residence at nine o'clock. You would never. I mean, obviously, this is back on a time when like let's gather around children and listen to my brittle bones break. <laughs> this is back when, like, you ha if you wanted money for the weekend, you had to go to the bank by Friday at 3. 3? Why 3? Because the bank's closed at, like, 2 or 3, and there were no ATMs. You could deposit into that thing. There's just all of this stuff that was based on, like, ev almost every place everywhere will be closed on Sunday. And pretty much every, including Publix for a long time, including mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A. What I'm trying to get at is, like, at least in my house, we neither placed nor received calls by and large, at any but like the very, very polite times. And, and, and it's, it's ironic because this is also the glory days of crank calls because there, we didn't have star 69. There was no way you <laughs> didn't have caller ID. Right. There was no way to like figure out where a call was coming from. Isn't that ironic? It's, now, coming, today, it's coming from inside the house, Merlin. The house being America. <laughs> but now today, there's no amount of technology that can make other people be decent. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but isn't it interesting? Like we've got all these different dinguses and it's, there's been this sort of like, a, uh, what do they used to call it? Like this escalating cold war mm -hmm. that eventually became a pretty hot war, which is like, you know, um, here's an 800 number to call us. Da, da, da. Here's me, here's me calling you. Aha. Now I get caller ID so I can see who it's from. Aha. Now we have ways to trick caller ID, et cetera. And then finally you get to like most of these things are not precisely Skype, but they don't, these calls don't cost any, anything to place. I don't know. I don't know. Just been thinking about that a lot lately. And what I realized maybe 15 years ago was the default state of everything needs to be inverted. The model has got to change as the world has changed. Because the model used to be, we trust culture to, uh, uh, I've heard it said the tragedy of the commons is not what people think it is, but you know, that basically there's this shared area with our technology and culture, and we don't abuse that. And now today, I feel like we have to assume the opposite, which is like, 
much more of a vault door sort of approach, Mm -hmm. which is like if you could provide enough ID and and show that you're Jason Bourne, you can come in to the vault and get your stuff. We don't, however, treat that like the lobby, let alone the sidewalk. I remember thinking if I were, if I had the, the ability, I would invert the model so that it was everything defaulted to, um, what's the what's the opposite of ACK? Like the opposite, you know, like when you send a, um, oh, what do they call it when you ping a server and it doesn't respond? What do you call that? Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, if anyone should know it, that should be me, but I... Um... Well, you know, there's the thing, there's the thing where like if you, if, if, you're, if somebody's doing port knocking on mm-hmm. your, on your stuff, uh, you know, uh, it used to be that it would say, hey, I'm here, I'm stuff. And right. then eventually a lot of that stuff said, I, I will not respond. And not only will I not say, hi, how are you? There will be no response. Right. You will, as, as John Syracuse says, return no. And I kind <laughs> of feel like I know there's kinks to that, but it, having a system like that greatly outweighs the alternative, which is like anybody has access to me anytime for any reason. We, we got like seven catalogs in the mail yesterday. The day before that, zero catalogs. Carmel Carmine said... Carmine says, zero catalogs, here are seven. Here are seven. They just get to send those, you know? And it's like, oh, you know, you can opt out of that. Well, I shouldn't have to opt out of that any more than I should have to opt out of receiving, with every single port call is down, I still, people still can get through to, like, leave a message. I listen to enough of the message to know it's going to say, press one to be removed from the blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nope. I return no. You didn't even hear that because I just returned no, and in returning no, I didn't even say I returned no. So... (laughs) That extends to the rest of my life, too. I have so many things on DND or muted. Like, uh, like, like I mentioned to you, I think. Yeah, of course I mentioned to you. Hello. When I went uh, on a little trip with the family, probably now a couple months ago, I mm-hmm. turned off a ton of notifications and haven't turned them back on. So a lot of people think I'm ghosting them, which I guess technically I am. Is that, is that how the youth say what was ghosting? ghosting I, think, I mean, yeah. In a dating it, context? But it's unintentional ghosting, it sounds like. Well, it's it, it what it, and I'm I'm not entirely sure why I've gone on this particular five minute six minute rant, um, but uh, the DND on my computer it, it doesn't occur to me. It's not really you know I already have here's a tip for folks uh, I have the uh, notification sound turned all the way I have sounds basically turned off all the way to like zero volume. That's you know it's cool like I, I leave my phone beeper off. I don't get you know any noises for things. And, uh, but you know, so yeah, is there a downside to that? Yeah. Sometimes I miss it when like Dan Benjamin is Skyping me and I have to notice visually that that's happening. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, and then I think my friends get concerned cause I don't respond to their texts and it's like, well, I have pretty much everything that's not my family on DND. And you know, the only reason, here's the thing, this is the emotional, um, <laughs> the emotional portal <laughs> that I, that I have to live with title is that I, I leave uh, some kinds of collar things on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to capture that. The emotional what? Por- emotional porthole. Porthole. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a portal. That would be the portal of the porthole yeah, of time. Right. <laughs> uh, as seen on the, the Flophouse. Um, but, you know, what it is is so I use this app uh, called, uh, called or Call Protect by AT&T. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, they kind of take an old, like a white labeled, um, uh, why can I never remember the service name? Ping, ting. Ching, uh, no, Pip, Glibin, that call filtering <laughs> app, Glib, Pippin? I, I, I'm sure. What's it's it Pip, called? Yeah, Pippin, uh-huh. Glitch? Glitch. Yep, yep. Proven? Dingle? Peckle? I don't, I don't know it. Zing? I don't use any of them. 
and they run that at the network level. Then what's cool, not on your phone, as with most of these, which is which I've run many, many of and subscribed to over the years, but at the network level, it runs Godinga or whatever it's called. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so it doesn't get through to you. And then the neat part is in this app that's mm, not great, but yeah, it's okay. It's okay for an AT&T app. You go in and say what kind of you have these, the equivalent of like a radio button to say like okay for known like spam marketing do you want to block all of that things that we consider to be like malicious calls that we're tracking at a network level the way that's sort of similar I think to how Gmail is able to be good at spam by knowing a ton of weird crap happened at the same moment and then you can go in and say like okay we've gotten through all the easy stuff like the obviously abusive stuff. Now, what about this other stuff? What about unknown numbers, unknown callers? What do you mm-hmm. want to do with that? Mm-hmm. What about private callers? which is different. And uh, I left open in my emotional porthole as I left one of those things open in case there's an emergency call about my family. Right. And that's how they get you. They get in. They get in, they and once they're in, they, they stay there. They, they're port knocking on your hole, and then you return <laughs> something other than no, you know, and then uh, and then pretty soon, you know, they're, they're throwing rice and, and, and baby shoes. Right. Well, you know, I, I kind of on a tangent of this, but one of the things that you know that I is a pet peeve of mine oh. is if you're so let's say I know I know you don't you don't have as much occasion to drive in San Francisco as I do in, in Texas where everything is driving. Absolutely. But I, well, I literally do not drive. One of the things that um, that, that you run into a lot when you're driving is you'll be playing music. So you'll have you'll have Spotify going. It's connected to the Bluetooth uh, car stereo. Then you're driving, you're listening, you're, you're listening to your jams. You're jamming <laughs> out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you'll be listening to a song. You'll get to like the good part of the song. And then someone will text you. Uh, and yes. so the the process of this, it's 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 almost like the the first time that somebody's like making a souffle, they're very careful. That everything is ste- is steps, and and that's like what it feels like. It's like your this is this is your phone. This is what your phone says. I'm playing music. Everything's fine. I'm playing music. It's good. Hold on, hold on. I've received a text. Mute the music, please. Are you done muting it? You are okay. Play the sound of the text alert. Wait for it to complete. Yeah. Okay, it's done. Raise the music back up slowly. So what you have is about a and then twelve. You get, then you get another message in it. Right, so. right. As as it's as it's rising back up, you'll get another, and it begins this p- slow step by step process all over again. And that process takes about twelve seconds. So you've lost twelve seconds of the podcast or the song or whatever it is that you're listening to, and it's infuriating. And I wish there was a way. Not to mute notifications, because I do actually want to get the notifications. What if there is an emergency? Uh, I don't want to mute them. I don't want to put my phone on silent, because if I do that, I'll forget that I put it on silent, and then I won't get any messages for the rest of the day, and I'll be like, no, you never texted me. Like, dude, I texted you 20 times. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, right. I had to mute it because I wanted to hear a song. And Mm -hmm. my child was texting me about their video game, and so I had to mute it. And it's like... There should be a way for you to say, send all the notifications through my phone, but play the music through my car. And before mm-hmm. you say, or before oh, the listeners, before yeah. the listeners say, no, no, you can't do that. One of the wonderful things that I found about, for example, the Spotify app is we have some Sonos speakers in the house. I can pick the Sonos speaker 
uh, as the music playing device. Because it's using a server, not your phone. I'm assuming it's going through the server somehow to send it yeah, down to the Sonos. If you open up Spotify anywhere else, obviously it will say thus and such is playing on this. Right. Want? So it's not confused about that. Right. So what you're saying is it's not actually sending it from my phone to the speaker. But, but, but related to that is I think of this idea we've had for a long time that I think was mostly true, at least in terms of the user model for, for how you use your phone. You It becomes obvious at some point that only one thing and I, I realize this is not exactly accurate, but just hear me out. For years, only one thing could be playing on your phone. Right, audio, right, right. So if you're if you're uh, listening to a podcast and you open the YouTube app and start playing a video, it's going to duck, or it's going to like, it's going to replace. Not right, duck, it will it's replace gonna it. It's going to replace that audio. And so at least in my head as a user, I don't know if that was, it's technically always been technically true. That's, that's but for example, uh, you open up the weather app, Carrot, while you're listening to a podcast oh, in yeah. Overcast. And a remarkable thing happens that seems like it should be impossible, which is Overcast continues to play your podcast while the nasty carrot eye uh, berates you and both audio streams are playing at the same time. Now, that might be two different kinds. Maybe one is kind of some kind of like NS Marco podcast and the other one is, you know, uh, OS, OS 9 audio carrot man or whatever. I don't know technically how that works, but it should it should we should you should be able to pick the passionate task at a given time. I would say even or especially on the Mac, where it's even worse. We're like, how many times have you, how many times has this happened to you? you? You're typing, somebody calls you on Skype, it pops up, and then you hit you hit the the character turn, your return key, and it picks up a Skype call because it decided oh, that yeah. you're typing. So like, if I'm typing in, in uh, this happens all the time with messages. I'm typing in messages, and some app ends up needing my attention, whether that's Isotope. With, you know, whatever it is, that steals focus. And now suddenly my key type clicks are going nowhere because it decided that something else needs to be up front regardless of what I'm doing right now. And that could be something like, you know, fairly important. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm an aged man, uh, <laughs> as Tom, Tom Selleck says, you know, I think I've learned a thing or two. It's not my first rodeo. And, uh, and I want to do what I'm doing rather than what you've decided I need to be doing, especially when the consequences of that is I'm now on a call with someone. Right. Other thing, Dan... Uh huh. There's a funny, funny thing that I don't know. Well, I have a funny story to share with you from uh, Vulture, the website. Oh yeah. Um, but there was a time somewhere between iTunes not being as terrible and eventually into the CarPlay era. But I'll uh, no matter who you are, what device you've had, I'll bet you, especially if you've ever attached it to your car, I bet you know the alphabetically first song. In your iTunes library, <laughs> right? For, for, for first of all, let's all let's all sit with this for a minute. Do you do you agree with that, Dan? Yes, I think mine uh, was a Radiohead yes. song at one point. It was a Radiohead. Uh, I forget that, but it started with an A. Uh huh. Yeah, it's just the that? first song. You, yes, you, every freaking you, you time. That's your car. Listen, yeah. I I don't want to disparage Apple because you know they're announcing their new um their new computer chips and new computers and stuff today, and they're they're yeah. good they're good people over there. But mm -hmm. that was the reason why I had to delete. The Apple Music app from my phone. It wasn't enough <clears throat> just <laughs> to so just to turn it to 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 not want it to play. Because here's what would happen every single time: is that uh, I would start the vehicle and Apple Music, regardless of the fact that I never launched Apple Music, that right. it was always Spotify. Every time I started the car, it would start playing the first song in Apple Music every single time. And Every that was, time. first of all, I never wanted Apple Music to run, ever. Second of all, 
Yes. I never wanted so that song like to play uh, ever. And yeah. it, it was like, at least you got Radiohead. I got some kind of weird, like... It could be, it could be like a Haunted House record. Right. It's, <laughs> right. It's the, for, so first of all, A, I didn't ask for this app to be launched. And B, I absolutely did not ask you to decide by default what it should play. The default should be the app doesn't launch, let alone... I mean, that's bananas. Did you see this article in Vulture the other day? This is uh, Russ uh, Freshdick, who I think uh, is a, I know has done some videos with the Polygon people. I think he's a Polygon person. Uh, and this is called um, October 26th. Uh, U2's Songs of Innocence has haunted me for six years until now. And, and, and we all had, had fun with this. We remember when Bono uh, from the band U2 came out and, and touched his finger with Tim <laughs> yes. for some reason. And then they cavalierly announced that everybody has now received uh, their own free copy of Songs of Innocence uh, in iTunes. Um, so, hey, it's a gift. It's free real estate. Okay, so you got this record. Uh... Not everybody wanted that record, and, and it was pretty frustrating. And some people got, I have to say, extremely emotional about this. You know, I, in the same way that I am being emotional right now about things like deciding to open an app or steal focus or stuff like that. Like, hey, you can't put that there. You're not allowed to come in my house, move a bunch of books, and then put something else there, even if it's books that I might like. But, you know, there's all kinds. Before we ever get to what, how you use my area, we get to the fact that you've decided to put something in my area. <laughs> So uh, Russ says, uh, he's talking about that, and it was really frustrating to him. And then so, uh, let me just read you this paragraph real quick. Uh, Around 2016 or 17, a couple years after Apple launched its CarPlay service, da-da-da-da, whenever I got in the car, connected, da-da-da-da, it would automatically play something I had purchased on iTunes. A list of options so small, nine albums in total, it meant that I was incessantly hearing the same tracks over and over. And as much as I love Huey Lewis's The Heart of Rock and Roll Has Its Limits. Um, after suffering this for a few years, I found out that you could hide albums from iTunes. I think you can also do this with, uh, with the Photos app. Ensuring that they're never automatically played. It saved me from the shame of hearing the first track of the Charlie Brown Christmas album for the 700th time I was free. One album remained. Songs of Innocence. And this is his tale. It's in show notes. His tale of having to talk to Apple support about, about what is required to get U2's Songs of Innocence removed from your device. Not because you you hate you too. Not because you're like a bad person, um, but 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 because like it's now it's now become a, a multi times daily nuisance in your life. The, the seemingly innocuous or if you like innocent decision to put this onto your device has consequences. It plays effing you too every time you get in the car. Yeah, I mean it's so. What is it like? It's like it becomes. I imagine it becomes like I got you, babe. In Groundhog Day, I imagine it becomes like that um, song, that Nielsen song in Russian Doll. Gotta get up, gotta <laughs> get up, gotta, for the rest of my life. You know, those are two songs. Or, for example, when uh, when John is uh, being tortured by American Pie in Patriot, you're not going to love that song. Oh, uh, uh, Walking Dead, where they play that song with the person in the closet. Same deal. Except that's your car, and, and it's you too. The, the you, but you have no control way. over it. You have no, you have no control. control over it. I guess the, 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 the sideways point I'm trying to make is, you know, the kinds of assumptions that we make about, and I think you might want to talk today about users, the assumptions we make about uh, how we consume things as users or how we present thing as, things as, you know, uh, makers and developers, et cetera, you know, don't, don't be a jerk. And, 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 like, don't make me have to go and become some kind of, like, aluminum foil on the Windows weirdo in order to keep timeshare people out of my phone. Right. It's just, because then, what you know, it's... Like all kinds of 
Thoreau had that line about how spiderwebs, you know, catch all of the mosquitoes, but the wasps just fly right through it. Right. And and that's so I'm, I end up harming the the most you know kind and vulnerable and rule following people. And like if you're a business, you don't want to do that. You don't want to have to like like imagine you're the poor person, the poor woman at Four Seasons Total Landscape. You're gonna right kill now. that poor woman. That that that, that poor. <laughs> oh my God! Wait a minute. I I I have to place it. Oh, oh, oh uh, it's Walter. No, no, I know it's Big Lebowski. It's Walter, right? <laughs> I'm going to say, you you live this. You don't need to place anything. You want a toe? I'll get you a toe. <laughs> With nail polish. Got to go find a cash machine. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, one thing I wanted to say before we get too far away from it, we were talking about things being played when you start your car or something. Uh, so I had been playing for my son in the car. There was a bit that I used to do on one of my my uh, silly shows where we used to do a lot of sound bites and stuff. There was a this this oh, is play that Carly Rae Jepsen song a lot. Yeah, no, this is from the maybe the early two thousands when like soundboards first came out, and there was a person that used to use Arnold Schwarzenegger, his voice and clips from movies that he did, and he would prank all the prank calls. Yes, he would do the prank calls, and so there was one of them. There was always a little a little audio bite that we used to use a lot, where there was a woman that he he called and was giving a really hard time, and uh, and I actually have the the audio bite right here ready to queued up ready to play. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just play this. So listen to this. So she says, I don't stop nothing, you idiot. And I had played this for my son because this is one of his favorite ones. And I didn't think anything of it. And I played it out of the Dropbox app because I used to keep the sounds in my Dropbox folder. Mm -hmm. And from then on, regardless of what app I had used most recently, Spotify, YouTube, well, you know, whatever, for this audio bite would play every time that I started the car. And my my kids thought this was the most hilarious thing in the world, but it it stopped Apple Music from playing somehow. This so I would I preferred it. I would use that, and I every time I started in my car, I would say, "I don't stop nothing, you idiot." And uh, I've, heard, I've heard people say that the solution to the problem we've been describing is to get like three minutes of silence, right? Right, or underscore something. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I just wanted to offer this as a, as a tip for our listeners: should they not want to delete the Apple Music app, this is another option. But I, I like the silence one even better. I, I had a, a similar hack, and when I say I, I don't mean hack in a good way. But in the way of hacky way, yeah. which was, if memory serves, at one point I kept, I went and created probably using Paul, Paul Paul's app, uh, his ringtone app. But I created a a ringtone of silence. And when I boy, you talk about lack of scale. Whenever I get in, like a, what I consider a nuisance call, this is before you could block calls. Before yeah, any of that stuff. Um, I would just uh, I would add it to my contacts under a con. I had one contact with hundreds and hundreds of numbers in it. Called spam, and where the ringtone was um, silence. That I is a very, that. very hacky. Approach. I love that, but it worked, right? I mean, it, it worked in the sense that if we define the problem as me not have to, me not hear sound from phone, mm-hmm. I guess it worked. It didn't solve the the actual problem. You know, it's it's more like giving homeless people, you know, um, better skincare products. Like it doesn't really get at what we're trying to accomplish here. <laughs> Dan, um, first of all, I do want to hear about something you like. Can you tell me where uh, people can find show notes for episode whatever this is of your Back to Work program? I think, if I had to guess, that this is going to be episode number 503. Mm. So they're going to just go look on the internet. They're going to go to backtowork.limo slash 503. 
503. It's the place to go. And and, and did you have anything? I'm a little behind. I I, I ran out of time because I had to make iced tea. did you have um, did you, did you have uh, uh, something you want to tell me about? That you I like? have I have the total of three things this episode. Oh, you're kidding me! Uh, are no. we trying to are we trying to bounce in time for the thing? Oh no! I oh. mean, if you want to, sure, yes, of course. But no, What's I don't. Good on you. No, I didn't know if you were if you're going to throw your arms in, in in the air for the arm that you no, care. No, I don't care. But I mean, listen, yeah, Apple care. is announcing a yes. new CPU in a new computer, and that's wonderful. It's their own CPU, yeah. their own silicon that they control. It's going to be fast. It's going to run iOS apps natively. I've just saved you all about an hour of your life. That's all that you need. The only thing I don't know is that it has some prices, and we would don't you, know. Would you allow? Are. Would you consider allowing a question? Yeah, go ahead, caller. Thank you. Uh, uh, for first time, first time Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, would you, in terms of um, seeing what I do with this, would you say you can or cannot wait to see that? I can wait. Okay. I can wait. Okay. I can wait. And in fact, I'm going to wait so long, it'll be as if it never even happened. Because the other ones you couldn't even sit in. Because <laughs> I'm a consumer. You're I'm not consumed. a. I'm not. Consumed. I'm not an iOS developer, and I'm not a Mac mm-hmm. developer. I Todd I, cut that. Uh, it was in the trailer, and he cut, Todd cut it from the movie. Remember when the lady says, "I'm a consumer. I consume." Remember that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, what I'm saying is, I, it doesn't matter to me what CPU is inside the Mac. It okay. it only matters that it's fast and and faster than the one that they came out with last year. And that's a, that's a that's really it. good way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. the, oh, look, new computers, some are faster. But guess what? I've right. got a MacBook Pro 16-inch right here, and I, it's not that old, and I'm not buying anything new. So what does this have to do for me? Nothing. What is it, what is it in service of? Dan, Dan, do you get so the spotlight what? icon in your menu bar? You're on the beta, right? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not on the beta. I'm just running oh. a regular old Mac OS uh, so stupid, 10.15.7. Dan. I don't know where the icon went for spotlight, and I can't figure out how to bring it back. Um, can If you do command space, that still mm-hmm. brings up your spotlight search, right? Mm-hmm. But I there's, think so, yeah. there's no, I think if you go into system, it's like, oh, I got to tell you a story about my mom this morning. Where you go, um, we're like, where you go into preferences and pick a thing. Yeah, that might, might be. I'll try it again. I'll try it again. You know, it's probably a, um, a reversion to the, to the mean, as Nate Silver would say. Yeah. You know, yeah, a regression, Silver. a software regression to the mean, um, what have you, Cupertino. Across this line, you do not. Oh, across this line, you do not. Yeah. NS Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, Dan, tell me about something you like, please. I would like to tell you, you know, it's interesting that that um, more and more we're getting sponsors who are our podcasts and they, they, they have turned mm-hmm. to us because our show is so venerable mm-hmm. that the best way to introduce a podcast is through a podcast, I'm finding out. Absolutely. It's like the, it's like Brian Eno said about our show, you know, only a thousand <laughs> people have ever listened, but they, they all started a podcast. <laughs> That's that's right. Well, there there are a few that I'll be telling you about today, and this is the first one. It's called Command Line Heroes. It's a podcast that tells epic, true tales about developers, programmers, hackers, geeks, open source people who are uh, revolutionizing what we think of as uh, as the internet and and, and technology. And uh, this is up to season six. They've done six seasons of these. And this one is really cool because it's telling stories of black technologists who have innovated and invented despite things like systemic racism or unfair hiring practices, unequal education opportunities. Uh, for example, there is an episode all about Gladys West, uh, whose mathematical models 
and data analysis paved the way for GPS, the thing that we all use and don't even think about where it comes from. No there's, kidding. Yeah, there's huh. another episode telling a story of uh, Mark Dean, who grew up in the Jim Crow South and grew up to revolutionize the PC industry. Do you remember the ISA, the ISA bus? Like, that's his thing. It's very, very cool. Uh, it's hosted by a developer who is also a podcaster, and um, and it's... Um, it, it's it's really great, and you're just going to need to listen to this. I really, really enjoy these. This is this is something that I really enjoy because I am a developer, and and but even if you're not, there are so many things that have been created that we take for granted that have really fascinating stories. Uh, so go check this out. I got a sneak preview of of season six. It's great, and uh, and basically all you have to do is search for Command Line Heroes. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh, we have a link in the show notes, but just search for that in your favorite app, Command Line Heroes. And uh, thanks very much in advance for, for their support. It was a great, uh, great show that I think you all like. It's hard to fit in a new podcast, but this is, this is one I think people would really enjoy. I enjoyed it. So thanks uh, for Command Line Heroes for making the show possible. Thanks, Command Line Heroes. Buck, buck. That's so nice that they would do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I appreciate their, their, their uh, being here with us. That's really cool. Um, no, next door. No, I don't want any of the things. I'm sorry. I, I did briefly. I'm, I'm looking for uh, the possible delivery thing. Oh, oh God, you're so thirsty next door. Uh, All right, so I'm doing some, uh, some nice pictures. You know, it's, you know, you know, scales well, casual racism. Mm. Scales real good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. They said no one was supposed to be in the area. Yeah. Carmine says no, says no blacks. And here there are two. <laughs> I said no one was supposed to be in the area. I called PG&E. He had what looked like a legitimate batch, but who knows? People have Man, a lot like of time. They've got a doctor. lot of time on their hands. So, what do they call it? The sonic passport or whatever it's called? The the where you hold up uh, the thing and like people see whatever they need to see to like let you in. Some some kind of. Passport. Oh my my voice is my passport. Mm-hmm. Sneakers? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, not sneakers. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking of? Hackers? Sneakers. Sneakers is not the one with Angelina Jolie. No movie is perfect. Mm-hmm. Not even the rain. <laughs> um, Dan, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, so I was thinking. I've been thinking about something recently, nice. um, and I can I can I can go into detail <laughs> about it. Um, so I, as as you know, I have mm-hmm. uh, been working pretty hard for the last few years on uh, on a podcast hosting platform called Fireside Fireside.fm, and. It's, you know, it takes up a big part of what I do. And I'm, I'm not alone doing this. I have people who help me. And it's it's something that we're all working really hard on. And so, you know, you kind of come up with like a feature idea. And then you start researching it. Is it is it something that people want? If they want it, how do they want to use it? What are the best ways to do it? What are the technical challenges or limitations around it? And you kind of make a decision based on those things as far as how you're going to develop it and roll it out. And it's... A lot of it for me also comes down, I think, to a gut feeling about something like, you know, there I'm sure with a very big company, a company like the size of Apple or or something like that, when they're they, they probably have a lot of systems in place that help them determine they're doing market analysis and research. They're talking to customers. They're listening to what you know, what's in, in famously Steve Jobs saying um, people don't know what they want. We need to show them and tell them what they want. And maybe that's true. Uh, maybe that's true, especially if you're Steve Jobs. But if you're not Steve Jobs, then 
you know, you kind of want to get a feel for what the customers are interested in and what they want. And so there's a balancing act because you only have so much time and you're limited not only by time, the greatest resource, but by, you know, by, by how much money that you're making and what you can afford to do. And so if I want to, if I want to make a new feature and I can sit down and write this feature on my own by myself, uh, then the cost is simply my time. How can I allocate my time best in a way that lets me create that feature? If right. it's something that is either a part of the system that, that I am not working on, that someone who helps me is working on, uh, then maybe it's about their time and their budgeting and how can I best allocate the money that's coming in to build the feature that's the most effective and, and is going to, ideally, we want to make the existing customers happy. So that's number one. Number one for me, number one rule is, does this make existing customers happy? And number two, how would this, because then that, that speaks to customer retention and customer satisfaction and all that. And then the second thing is, is this something that would generate more revenue either from the existing customers because they say, oh, I'm going to upgrade to the pro plan because it has this, or right. is it something that would help bring in new customers? They'll say, oh, well, I'll go try Fireside because it has this feature that I'm really wanting. And if it doesn't fit into those two criteria, then I'm going to kind of put it on the back burner. Deprioritize it. Deprioritize it, unless it's a real easy win. If it's like, mm -hmm. I, I can write this in 30 minutes, no big deal. I'll do it while I'm eating lunch get this thing rolled out. It's, you know, it's not a big feature. It's not a thing. It's easy. So one of the features that uh, we've been working on for a while is support for Patreon. So for example, let's say that you have a podcast and I, I think you've got one that might fit into this category where you're releasing. So you, take a, you take an election profit makers, you take a, uh, you take a strong songs, like somebody, somebody who says, you know, Maybe we do ads, probably we don't, but the point is we, we want a way for you to support us directly. Right. And you can only support so directly because, like for example, I forgot, I no longer, I, I, for some reason I hadn't spaced on, so I, I, Election Profit Makers is one of my favorite podcasts and I do support it on Patreon. I forgot that I didn't have the feed in Overcast mm. and so I had to go in and get it. And it's, it's not difficult, but I can just tell you, you know, that... Uh, Friends of mine who operate Patreons say that they, they have a fair amount of the time. They have to point out something that was not intuitively obvious in the UI. Right. And they say, like, where the, where's the feet? And you're like, well, it's over here on the right. Right. And like, you know, and when you have to do that uh, often enough, you go, hmm, maybe it's not just me. If that's the only place where they can get this. I, I, there's other things that I support monetarily where I have to go and log in. And mm -hmm. two, excuse me, three podcast networks I support that involve often going in once a year for the new feed. Right. Because they change that so you don't have people, you know, it's right. too much overhead. And this is actually a really good example. It's too much overhead to give everybody their own bespoke feed that stops working the second they don't subscribe. Right. That would be really a lot well, of overhead. That's for what Jason we're doing. Snell. That's what we're actually doing, though, built well, into the But what I'm saying is side. that's a lot of overhead for Jason Snell to manage. Oh, on for his an own. individual. Yeah. That's well, a nightmare. But yes. But at the, at the other end of that, so how do you, what do you do? You satisfy us by saying, well, this is one of those opportunities where I'm not going to make money. I'm going to effect, lose, effectively lose money in some sense if I keep, you know, giving the milk away for free. So how about once a year? I've satisficed or I find a middle ground between like incredible amount of technical overhead to have somebody not get my product that could break. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So, that, you know, but the, anyway, when I want to talk more about that in a minute, the unexpected cost of ownership for new features. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. So, so, so you integrating that would be amazing. Right. I, and so one of the also, podcasts I'm involved with has, I'm, I've been paying for a third Fireside account for probably six months because I wanted to show basically how easy it would be to move over to there. And we're planning to do that. And given that we are a Patreon podcast, it would be great to have that built in. You know, and I think there's a lot of people, including me, who are in the same situation where, you know, you very much want to do that. But if you think about from the standpoint of the creator, forget the subscriber part, just the creator. If, if I want, because like, for example, um, road work that I do with John has, um, has a, a bonus show. So there are different levels of support based on the level of support that you do. You either just get the bonus show or you get a version of the regular episode without any sponsors in it. So not only am I having to produce the regular show with sponsors, I have to produce another version of it that has no sponsors and I have to edit down the, um, the bonus show content. So I'm based and, and because of the way that Patreon works, I have to go and first upload the regular episode and then I have to go into Patreon and I have to upload the sponsorless version and the bonus version. And because Patreon is Patreon, uh, there's no way for me to see downloads. I don't know how many people have downloaded it. I don't know where they came Mm -hmm. from. I have no information whatsoever. It's a black hole. And worse than that is everybody has to go to Patreon and find the little, like you were saying before, like find where's, where is my RSS feed? Cause it's different, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's a hassle. What I always wanted was a way to just have a, uh, a single place where I go to publish stuff. And wouldn't it be nice if I could just say, well, this episode is actually a one for patron donors, but if they're donors of $10 a month or more than they're going to get this other thing, or they're going to get it sooner, or they're going to get the the, regular episode a week early. In the best of cases, the Patreon interface for this stuff is really janky. Um, They could really, God bless them, they could really use some help with that. Like when I, so you, short of the editing part, uh, we have uh, the other podcast I do has an editor, but you basically just described my Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Is, I got to get this up in this one podcast client for the the main episode, uh, and I, I'm not, I don't mean to be I'm not trying to complain here, but I, I am saying that it, there is a lot of like you got to keep your head on a swivel and and do things in the right sort of order of operations. You can't oh, yeah. really screw yourself up. So like we'll do stuff like the other person I do that show with, like we'll collaborate on things like titles and show notes, show notes and all that stuff and links and. So we do that with Google Docs and we do that with, we do all these different pieces. They take care of posting most of the main episode. I do the after show notes and episode, but because I have a faster internet connection, I'm the one that uploads that (laughs) to the place where the public podcast is. And I'm the one who uploads that to where the Patreon is. Now I just uploaded that to Patreon. Can I put the notes in first and save? No, I cannot. Because it needs to have, uh, the, I think the title's optional, I forget. But I, you definitely have to, if you create an audio post, you, it will not save until you put audio there. So guess what? I, it's like the ringtone all over again. So I put fake audio in there. I hope to God I never accidentally post. Add the image, add all the stuff. Because you, you need to do this in a certain order, and it's on you to figure out what that order is. And then when you hit save, uh-oh, hope you didn't publish. I hope I hope the responsive design of the page was such that you could see in the right rail that you had not selected the right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so now I got to go click that. And I say, you've been through this, right? So uh, what do you say? Is this publish this now? No, don't, don't, don't make it a draft. Okay, draft. Is it for everybody? No, it's for this tier of people. And then you save it. And then if you're me, for some reason, it says, okay, it's saved. And then it says it didn't save. And then you save it again. It's very, it's very, it's a very economical process. And then if you're, I'm not going to say OCD, if you're a little bit tightly wound like daddy, it's very important to you that when these show up in Overcast, they be in the right order. It's very important to me. Primo important, obviously, is that the after show must post chronologically in Overcast after the main episode. Right. Otherwise. People get upset. Well, that would be like me having my Uncanny X-Men uh, trade paperbacks in order, except for the th- second and third ones. Like, don't do that. No, that's not how, that's not how we do. There's no Phoenix, Dark <laughs> Phoenix yet. And then, um, but then uh, what was the other thing? Oh, and then, so that's very tightly wound, because that's dependent on when it got processed and pushed, when it pinged, and when it, it pinged the Overcast server, and when the Overcast server put it up, are they in the right order? Well, I sit and I wait until the public episode shows. It's so boring, but I think it's hilarious. Wait until it shows up in Overcast. Then I'm okay to push out the Patreon one. And then really the one, the way you get multi-ball is if they show up right next to each other with nothing in between, which you have no control over. Yep. So my thought on this is make one interface inside of Fireside. Um, You post an episode just like normal and then instead of having to push anything to Patreon, you just uh, simply enable your um, your episode to for for whatever tier of Patreon supporters that you want it to go out to, and you can so, schedule so, it. So and in different Patreon, things like that. they do a feed burner like aliases. No, like they how? don't. So now people get their own. Huh. They get their own. So Fireside goes out to Patreon and says. Let me see all your tears and let me see all the people that have subscribed. Let me see all your tears. <laughs> let me see them, please. And so then they, tears. they uh, then then they they come back and they say, okay, from those tears that you have, what what ep- you, this episode goes to all of them, goes to the world, goes to just this one tier. You can control all of that. And then through Fireside, everybody that subscribes gets their own, and it actually hooks up to Patreon to do all of this. It it'll give them their That's own wild. feed that they use, and that feed is unique. And when they cancel their Patreon subscription, if they do, then the, they just the feed stops working for them. So, are you it, making an API or using an API, neither or both? And this is the whole topic that I wanted to talk about because, uh, so this is like great question. It, Patreon had or has an API that allows you to program against it. Um, a couple years ago, when I first started thinking about this feature, and that's how long it can take to, to really have a feature as, and the way it should work solidify, um, I, I, their, pay, their API was decent. Um, they weren't, it hadn't been updated. Their documentation was kind of like wrong. And, and this is a sign Every developer knows this. Oh, mm-hmm. they're not updating the API doc. They're probably you not going to ta- update the that's API. That's why you talked about this weeks ago. I'm figuring it out. Yes. And Real so... A few weeks ago when we talked about what's the company's obligation to keep supporting uh, an API? Yes. Totally and related, right? It is 100% related, totally Sherlock related. Holmes. So, mm. um, so they... Elementary, ba- my dear Minecraft. <laughs> so this API was just not being updated and everything else. And I, I, this was a while ago where I thought about it. I thought, okay, it's clear to me there's a re- there is a reason why, but I just need to understand why. And I, and I suspected, and I told, uh, I told some people in my, uh, 
you know, inner circle. I suspect it's because Patreon is working on an integration with a partner, a podcast host that's a partner. And uh, and that's why they're not, I mean, it, this isn't, the API is not only for podcasts. It could be for used for anything. But I suspected that the reason why whenever we would email them with a question and say, hey guys, like your documentation doesn't, isn't right. Do you have any advice? And then they came out with the announcement where they're like, we're not supporting it. I said, mark my words, the reason that they're not supporting the API is because instead they're going to be working with partners and they're they're not shutting down the API. They're just not so they're not giving any support. They're not updating any docs. It, if it exists, right. that's fine. Um, but, <laughs> you know... I mean, I, I don't mean to be stealing Mitch Hedberg's uh, escalator joke here, but it's a little bit... It strikes me a little bit like owning a piece of land that you use as a parking lot mm-hmm. where people come in and you charge them to use the parking lot. And then you go out of the parking lot business, but it's still a parking lot. It's just nobody's paying. Unless you put a fence up, people are still going to park there, right? Right. It's like, well, yeah, but, you know, if a big wrecking ball falls on you, it's not on us. That's, you know, you're you're a trespasser. And on That's exactly what it's, it's, it's like. So today they announced... Uh, that they have a partnership with some uh, podcast company that's that uh, right? a hosting company for their integration. They're like, we're, we're so glad to announce. And I, I said, when I looked mm. at that, I said, you know what? I, I knew that they were going to do that. I called it and, um, and, and I was right. And because this is the kind of thing that you see anytime that they kind of take support or whatever away, something like this inevitably uh, will happen. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like, like a meaningful silence. It is a meaningful silence indeed. And so, you know, you would say, well, now that they've announced it, you know, like, what do we do? Well, for me, that doesn't actually change anything. In fact, it's it's really good because the flip side of and I and I this our Patreon feature has been done for a little while now. And I've been testing it with some a couple of my own accounts. I've been testing testing it with a couple of customers. You can t- try testing it out, too. But what's interesting about it is if we had come out with it let's just say last week, like my original mm-hmm. plan was, if I'd come out with it last week, and then this announcement from Patreon and the other company had come out, it would have completely like taken away all of uh, the thunder of our announcement because they're making a much bigger deal out of it. But by coming out with it when we're ready to, however long that takes, whether I want to come out with it this week or next week or whatever, I'm feeling mm-hmm. pretty good about it. Uh, in a way, it, it, it kind of, I think is not a bad thing because there's always this push to be first from people. Oh, we've got to be first. We've got to be the first ones to do X, Y, Z. We're going to support this new thing first. And I think Mm -hmm. there is some validity to that. But as Apple has shown over many, many years, not being first, but being better Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or you know, coming out with something that's more thought out is actually a really good strategy to have. So now we have the advantage of saying, well, what is their implementation and is ours better and, and how can we do it? And then when, when I do launch it, it almost diminishes theirs in a way because it's like, yeah, this is no big deal. Like anyone can do this. But the, it's, it's frustrating because it was so clear to me when this announcement came out, it's like, that's why they they... Uh, did this with the API. That's why they're they're actually wanting it to be more difficult to integrate with them. And then there's the fear of, well, what if they just shut down the API? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you remember when Facebook used to be a thing where you had to have a .edu address? And oh yeah. Places, and then eventually went public, and then then it seems like almost overnight it was you never would have imagined. Like when I did the Inbox Zero talk and made reference to MySpace, it it utterly dates that talk. 
in a way that Griffin doing the bottle flip on the Bim Bam uh, dates that episode. <clears throat> or I guess, and I think you should leave, where I think it's a little bit of a meta joke. Mm-hmm. But but MySpace suddenly went away, which seemed incredible. Right. It's like if you, in a six-month period, you could say, I feel like, I can't prove this and I could not put a date on this. But like as Superchunk says, why do you have to put a date on everything? I uh, I think in about six months, you say, well, go t- tell me about Facebook, tell me about MySpace. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Six months in the future, tell me about Facebook, tell me about MySpace. A lot changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a, like a lot, real fast. And then people started building their business on Facebook stuff. And like, okay, spoiler alert, <laughs> not a great idea. Not a, We were talking on Roderick on the line yesterday about when you have to deal with trains that are on different gauge tracks and how there, there are trains for trains, like where you put a train on a train and get it to where it can be on its own gauge track. Like, you know, you got the narrow controller and fat controller for, for the narrow gauge railway and, you know, and the one that Thomas and Henry go on. And, and you, need, you need to train for the trains. So, like, building your whole business on, like, somebody else's gauge of rails can be really risky. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, you're, you're right. Well, um, just, sorry, I need some cleanup questions because I'm, I'm a little out of it. Um, the, I'm trying to exactly understand what you're, what, I want to not miss what I feel like is a good point. Well, I think, I think I've well, got a couple. You had all this stuff in place. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think I've got a couple. And one of them is, you know, you're trying to decide if you should build a feature. And then you, you build the feature. And I mean, so often when you build something, you're making a really, especially with a small company, you're making a really careful decision about it because like... I don't. I don't have time. It's not cost free in any sense. No, not at all. Not at all. And you, you're always aware that. uh, I mean, right now in the podcast hosting space, the reality of it is, is that now we're even. It's more like you know. It's almost like. what I feel is going on between Honda and Toyota in a way. Honda and Toyota, very different companies, right? But like at the end of the day, they're. Very, very similar cars. It's fight, just well, fight maybe fight well maybe he's more saliently fighting for the same shrinking market. Yeah, uh, they are, and I, I don't know. I don't see the podcast hosting market as shrinking at this point at all. But <laughs> it'll um, implode before it shrinks. Yeah, I think it will. But, as long as we just keep be the tortoises, keep doing our thing, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like being a tortoise. <laughs> but but there are you know it's getting down to the point of like how you choose between which podcasting host you're going to use is like which website you like better you know i mean it really it we're not there yeah, yet yeah, we're not there which, yet or, or like which which part of your enterprise are you aware is uh, uh least susceptible to them screwing up R- right or are, is As this I used to say my so much of my admiration my admiration for jonathan colton begins with his amazing talent but i also have so much respect for uh the phrase i think i used was the number these very small number of people in the world that are allowed to ruin his career for nickels. <laughs> it's so important. Like right. you feel like nobody nobody's gonna give you money unless they want something from you. Right. I, I hope you eventually realize this. Like nobody's gonna nobody's offering you a thing unless they feel like they're gonna get more benefit out of it. Yeah. Just be really careful about about who's allowed to screw up your career for nickels. That's a great point. So the question, real side question, real quick, super quick. Uh, the part I'm struggling with, and I want you, to, I'm gonna let you finish. Mm. I, part I'm struggling with is, it, so when you talk about this person, they announced that that that's Patreon announced that partnership with. Is that a podcast thing that I would recognize? Probably. Yeah, and I forgot which one it was. No, 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 no. It's okay. I just, uh, I don't want to give anybody. Nobody's allowed to live for it, rent free in my brain, but me. Yeah. Um. Okay, and so and so, but the part I'm struggling with is and how. So them announcing that. 
And then now you haven't used your, uh, in the end, you're glad that, that you have it ready and you're glad that you didn't get the thunder stolen. Um, but right. Like, but but what, what I'm saying is that, is that, you know, it's interesting. It's so interesting because what you don't know is when things like this are going to happen. And I remember mm. all the times that I would watch a WWDC and then inevitably you see people on Twitter saying, well, there goes our entire product. It's now a feature in oh, the yeah, operating that's, that's, system. I think it's kind of Marco's running bit. Oh, blank. Oh, oh. S word. Yes. Right. Well, and I think the format is name of company colon, and then like it's a script. O blank. <laughs> right. Like if you're yeah. if you're a primary thing, there's that famous Steve line that may or may not be true. That in an opportunity to buy Dropbox for not very much money, he said it's a feature, not a company. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. And yep. so if you are, which I think is deeply a deeply unfair underestimation of what they did, but uh, if you really are a feature and not a company, that's rough. Because yes. the, the, the thing we, I think we used to say, I know I used to say was that if your entire company turns on a feature that somebody could build over Labor Day weekend, uh, you need to have more features. Yes. And, but, but my point the, is... The, we'll, we get back at this point to MC Hammer wanting to create the YouTube <laughs> of dance videos. <laughs> okay. Right. We well, already have know, that. It's called YouTube. To say we have a YouTube of dance videos and it's already and it's called YouTube. Yeah. I think in this situation, what was the most interesting part of it for me um, was the fact that, you know, we built this against a broken, undocumented or poorly documented API. And what we built is really good. And what we built also can integrate with other solutions too, like Memberful or PayPal or Apple Pay or other things like that, all within the same kind of interface. Now we're not done so with cool. all of those yet, but yeah. you know, it. My goal has always been to create a hosting system that's really geared toward the independent publisher, not toward big businesses. Although we have big businesses too, but something that the indie publisher the you're not, indie- you're not trying to like replace a network right i mean like if you're like the the weird wondery guy he's gonna he's, he's in dutch right now. oh yeah if you're, if you're if you're one of those kinds of companies and i don't want to name names here but you know there's a there's a company in brooklyn i should go check in and see how many employees they were acquired by the, mm-hmm. the swedish music company i think they had 85 employees last time i checked for podcasts that come out every two weeks what, what do i know you're not trying to replace the the, the a, a, a 85 person Brooklyn company. No, you're trying to appeal to the podcast with I don't know twenty to a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, and and make it really easy for people. Well, who, not, not, not that that's some barrier to entry, but like your your whale would be to get a lot of ones at that size, right? Yeah, I mean that because those are the kinds of people that I am and that I want to support and there are, you know, I want to give them as many ways as they can to do the stuff that they do without, you know, not every podcast will get good ad sales, you know? And so what if they want to be listener supported? We've got a lot of podcasts on on Fireside that are listener supported only and love it and want it that way. So what kind of things can I build to to help mm-hmm. that entire ecosystem? It's so smart cuz like if you having built I know you have support for ad stuff. I love the tabs inside of each um episode. Um you know, inside of each episode, you've got these tabs that do all this different stuff. You can put a transcript, you can put ad stuff. But it's so funny, if you, th- you think about it, if you'd made Fireside, if you'd released Fireside, let's say two years ago, mm-hmm. and you, if somebody somebody says to you, like, pop quiz hotshot, is it more important to have great support for advertisers, multiple advertisers, or is it more important to have support for uh, listener uh, payment services? 
You would, I mean, probably a different like answer than today. Yeah, right. Oh, to be like, it would be like, well, yeah, the, the second one is beyond a nice to have. And the first one is like utterly essential because the every generation of this learns from the previous generation. And you deciding to have this very robust section for dealing with ads and you do like a, you know, a many to many, not many to many, but you have the way of like saying sponsors are an object, you know, ad spots, dated ad spots are an object, right? Like that's pretty cool kinds of stuff that like, I could use a lot more of that in Patreon that they're not great with, but every generation learns. And now, you know, I think I know which way the wind is blowing. And I think Patreon is going to be, or similar, something like Patreon is, is in a year from now, here's my marker, is going to be a much more appealing prospect than advertising mm -hmm. for a lot of X-sized podcasts. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, if you don't have a hundred fifty hundred thousand downloads, it's very hard to get a good sponsor. The overhead of doing all that ad stuff is substantial. I mean, right? I mean, that, that's the other part of this. I, we should let you, speaking of ads, um, we should hear about something you like, but like that, there is a cost to all of this stuff. And like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. There are podcasts. Let's just, how, how do I make this incredibly generic? There's definitely a point where the overhead uh, and various other things of dealing with advertisers is not worth the trouble. If, if, you, if your podcast, God love you, if your podcast gets 100 downloads a week, the sort of advertiser that you will attract, I can almost promise you, is going to try to own your ass and mm -hmm. is going to it's going to have you saying things in the first person you're not happy about. And on top of it all, you're going to end up, it's going to be like the 90s signing bonanza, <laughs> you know, the, the problem with music by Steve Albini all over again. You're going to end up carrying water for that network much more than they're going to be pouring water into your glass. Mm-hmm. Booga booga, was, says Merlin Man. <laughs> Are you talking about something you like? I would love to tell you all about another podcast that's very cool. What I've is happening, Dan? We've got three, and they're all podcasts. I'm, I'm not feeling great about this, Dan. We're doing podcasts about podcasts sponsored by podcasts. Now, are they doing podcasts about podcast advertising on our podcast? All of their podcasts are about our podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> Well, I've got What's the one second podcast, Dan. What even are we talking about? This one I've told you about before, and it's really cool. Hmm. It's called Teamistry. This is a podcast Teamistry. that tells the stories of teams, T E A M S, Merlin, teams who work together. Oh, it's not T E E M, like teaming, like, no. like teaming, like, like the uh, gerund? No, and not teens, the young oh, people. Oh, come on, man. Living rent free in my slack. Who work together in, in new and unexpected ways to achieve remarkable things. So each episode of Teamistry tells a story, and in each story, you'll find practical lessons for your team and your business. And uh, this season, they're, they're going underwater to, uh, to caves of northern Thailand to discover how divers and medics and soldiers and volunteers freed a group of, of, of trapped teenagers that were stuck down there. They've got, uh, they, there's one that finds out how Iceland went from having one of the highest COVID-19 death rates in Scandinavia to a model example of how to deal with the virus. There, there are so many great episodes and you actually learn, even if you don't want to learn something, you're gonna. And that's, that's, a good thing. So I you're think. saying learning can't if you're not if you're not keeping keep your head on a swivel. The learning could be let's say it non consensual. If you're in the room while <laughs> Teamistry is playing, you may learn things whether you intended to or not. That's right. And wow. uh, I don't I don't know if you've seen Blackfish the uh, the film Blackfish, but uh, the director of that is who hosts this uh, this show. Uh, that's Gabriella uh, Copperthwaite. That? Uh, uh, anyway, Copperbutt. What? No. What'd you say? Copperthwaite. What did you call me? <laughs> 
So we'll I got to see the, the typeface preview of season two of Teamistry. I think it's great. Oof. I love the stories in it. And same deal as before. Search for Teamistry, T-E-A-M-I-S-T-R-Y, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks very much to Teamistry for making this show possible. Thanks, Teamistry. Buck, buck. Blackfish is with the, uh, with the, uh, with the, uh, with the Shamu, with the killer whale. Yeah. Oh, the what about Tilla? Oh, my God. Of course I've seen this. Yeah, you've seen it. I know you've seen it. And also, my daughter, because, you know, I always think of this as being a Shamu. But when we went to, to the Sea World, we mm-hmm. picked up a little drink holder, and I see here the name Tillicum, which, oh, my God, every night. I That's the orca daughter, that ate, ate three people. Yeah, but every night I'd say to my daughter, want me to get you, do you want me to get you a Tillicum? And she'd say, yes, please. And I'd go and I'd get her a little killer whale full of ice water. And I still ask her every night if she wants it, and she says no. She's 13, and I'm dying inside. <laughs> Tillicum. Oh, co- copper, copper, wait, you're not saying, I thought you were talking about the typeface, copper plate. No, it's the person's last name. Pear pimples for hairy fish nuts? You remember that? Remember no. when the, 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 the person comes up to Opus in Bloom County? It says they want they want money for prayer temples. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that individual. Oh my god, it's one of the greatest comic strips of all time. And I know, I know, I remember the comic strip. I don't remember that individual one that you're. Well, are you saying I'm that individual you. one is the best one of all time? Oh my god, I gotta well, find it for you now. Yeah, you can find it. I haven't seen this. Yes, for Hare Krishnas, Harry Fishnuts. He goes pear pimples for Harry Fishnuts. He goes just cough up the money, Mac. <laughs> I think that's it. I'll find it for notes. All right. Fine. I love Opus so much. I had a stuffed Opus. I, I was I was I was a, like a junior in high school, and I I got a stuffed Opus. Did you know that Ralph Opus. the Dog was the first Muppet? And that's before Bill the Cat. Nineteen sixty-two. Ack is something that Bill the Cat and and Kathy and radios say. Ack. Ack. You're talking about oh, we're talking about Ralph. Okay, you're talking about like the pre. No, I'm talking. <laughs> Like Jim Henson, or perhaps Carl Sagan. Ah! Yes. Um, you're talking about like, the, like back when he, when he was doing commercials and stuff before Sesame Street when it was a little bit darker. The In 1962, he, he did a, a commercial for Purina Dog Food. In 1962. Oh. 1962. 1962. Rolf, is Rolf the canonically first Muppet? Yeah, he's oh, God, the first Muppet. Nobody, please, it's so important you not email me about this. No, this is a fact. And here's the other thing we need to stop. We need to stop the thing where people say, I know you said not to email you, he, he, but I'm emailing you. You're banned. Mm-hmm. Tilikum. Um, 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 We still have one more thing that you like. Let's see what's happening with this. Oh, we're in a lab at this point. We saw Tim walking around, some glass, and now they're talking about chips. Mm. And it's a man in a lab. A man, a plant, a canal, apple. Um, we could talk more about this. Uh, you know, I just want to touch on one thing in passing. What mm-hmm. else was I going to talk about today? Oh, this, I was going to try and relate this to something else, but it's not really relevant. Um, but you know what I'm reminded of is, uh, uh, I don't know if he's a friend of the show, he's a good man and thorough, uh, underscore David Smith, who is an independent um, iOS developer. He's made lots of great apps. All those apps that end in plus plus, that's probably underscore. Uh, and he's a very clever guy. He knows who he is. He knows who his company is. And he's universally hailed as one of the nicest people in the world. And uh, I've met him. I think he's pretty nice. I don't know if he's that nice. He, um, he's had a bunch of Is it that he's apps. that nice, Merlin? Or is it everybody else is not nice? I think people are so scared. I think he's probably so not nice that they're terrified not to talk about how nice he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, it's very much like a, uh, what you going to call it? What you going to call it? A, uh, a uh, what's, that mo- what's that movie with Frank Sinatra? Manchurian Candidate. You know what I'm saying? Dave, yeah. uh, D- David, 
I don't think he's the titular candidate. I think it's all of his friends who speak about how he's the warmest, you know, best person they've ever met and so forth. Mm -hmm. Did you know that um, Angela Lansbury, uh, who plays Frank Sinatra's mother, uh, that she is younger? Younger, Chronologically yes. than Frank yes. Sinatra in that film? But that's what they did in the 60s. It didn't that's matter. They did. It was the style at the time. Mm -hmm. We were wearing onions on our belts. And so David's had a fair amount of success. I mean, he's got nice cars and stuff. Did and, you know um, that in, in 2004, hmm, 2004, they remade the movie and it was starring Denzel Washington and uh, Meryl, Meryl Streep mm -hmm. uh, was, uh, was older. Oh, it was the mother? Mm-hmm. Not the mother. Yeah, she's his mother in the movie. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So he's had a lot of success with his uh, with his apps, and uh, but then a cr pretty crazy thing happens. And David is very, I think, very canny about finding opportunities, um, and the, in some ways, the most interesting sorts of opportunities, which are opportunities very much reflected in what you're describing, which is there's a, an unmet need for something here. There's an obvious, not obvious. There's a, to to a consumer, a user, it's really obvious how you'd like to have a thing here that's not there. Mm -hmm. Like for example. Like, we've had Apple Watch for however many years now, and it was only, I believe, in the last year or so that we got sleep tracking. So David was one of the, I think, fairly early folks to say, like, I'm going to try to figure out a way to use your watch to track sleep. And he did that. He's got a way to uh, get a step counter that's kind of like cooler than most step counters in the activity app, and they do different things. And anyway, he's had all those sorts of successes. Um, he's done stuff like, um, like he's done Watchsmith, which is a way to have, like, custom... Uh, in the last little while, if you could finally do like your own sort of custom complications. Um, but his life got a little crazy uh, a few months ago uh, when his app Widget Smith mm -hmm. basically blew up. It blew up on TikTok with the youths. My, so basically between the shortcuts ability to make an alias of an app look like the, you know, your icon on the home screen, that alongside stuff like Widget Smith, as we've discussed here, it led to the whole dust up a couple months ago about they're letting you make your phone ugly. But David's stuff blew up. He had the number one app for a pretty long time. And I think he was in the top X or N for like weeks, which is amazing on the face of it. Like, oh my God, how exciting is that? But what's not obvious about that? Like he got literally millions of downloads. Oh my God, how is he not like two to three orders of magnitude more wealthy? Well, let me tell you. One is that he mostly doesn't charge for his apps anymore. He lets you download the app, and if you like it, you can do stuff like remove ads and add extra features. So all those downloads are just, that's just a lot, it's a lot more users. Oh, that's cool. Well, at least now he's got all these, well, he'll, eventually he'll get more money, but he's got more users. That's good, right? Kind of. He's a one-man operation. You ever have to support a two orders of magnitude, three, yeah. four, I don't know how many orders of magnitude increase in the number of users you have, including a lot of extremely casual people who could not understand how the thing works and totally wreck your ratings if you don't respond right. That's a little bit of stress, right? You with me so far? Yes. Finally, how about this? He had some forethought. He had some forethought to realize that there are certain things he wants to offer to people, but it will incur a small cost for him. So for a lot of folks like you or whomever, like, you know, you think about server costs. You have to think about, like, if this got crazy popular and I had to spin up more of these on Linode, like, how much would that cost, et cetera, et cetera. But here's, let's take a real easy one. Like, it's pretty, pretty much a no-brainer. You would love to be able to get weather from your watch or your phone. And there's the built-in weather app. There's things like Dark Sky. There's things like Carrot. But David, because he's, he's always trying to figure out how to bring good stuff to his users, there's a variety of things that he wants to bring you. Uh, like your, your watch complication, he wants that wants to provide that weather, which is not currently available by an API that would work for what he's doing, I think, right? 
But that's a real, well, how much could it cost to have weather integration? Not that much. How much could it cost to have tides? Check on the tides. Hmm. David's very into tides and astronomy. Okay. It's a non-zero cost is what you need to know. And when does that matter? It matters on the day <laughs> your app goes to number one on the app store. All right. All those little dribs and drabs and pennies are now coming straight out of your pocket. Unless, unless you had the forethought to say, I'm only going to offer these at, the, at a paid tier. That seemingly tiny little thing, right? I mean, you, you think about it like, you know, I, I think a pretty big cost. There's a reason when you order food, for example, it says, hey, do you want utensils or not? And we always say no utensils because we have utensils at our house. So it's not a picnic. And I don't need, I, I have my own Heinz ketchup. I don't need your Heinz ketchup. I don't need the napkins. I don't need any of that. That's a considerable cost. People mm -hmm. come for the food, but they need something to eat it with. All those other costs really add up. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just, I'll throw it back to you here, Dan, but I just think that's from a lay person's, consumer lay person's uh, perspective, you don't always think about it that way. Stuff that seems easy may be difficult. Something that seems free and obvious may, may, may cost money and be non-obvious. And, you know, you have to think through all of this stuff. What if I am cursed with success in a way that totally screws up my deal? And that you can't really anticipate. I guarantee you he never, you know... He he never thought, he oh, this is going to be... He anticipate that scale. No, sure. definitely not. And I think there's something to that. And, you know, and that's kind of the thing that we were talking a while back um, when I had... Um, gosh, I don't remember... It was recently when we were having this conversation, but it was years ago when I visited Twitter and I, you know, the, the Twitter guys, the ones who worked on the mobile team said, oh, come on up. And like, we all hung out and like talked and had lunch and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you got to add such and such a feature. And they're like... We know about mm -hmm. that, of course, and we want to add that, but it's not so easy to do. I'm like, you mean code-wise? And they said, no, because if we add this feature, it rolls out to like 50 million people all at one time, and there's some right. people who might not like it or who it might not work with. And it's the same thing even on a much smaller scale with something like Fireside. When you roll out a feature, you make a change, or you move something from one section to another, you're immediately mm -hmm. going to get people who are like, uh, you just moved this feature, or you took it away, or this changes my workflow, or I had a script that did things on the screen for me and now it's broken. And right, like, now you broke my macro for this. Yeah, and you but can't also, even but anticipate also when you that. see stuff that's, stuff that's generally considered poor UX and mm -hmm. poor UI, mm -hmm. you see stuff like, for example, I see this in, again, with food ordering apps because apparently all I do is order food. But you'll see an affordance in multiple ways and places for doing the same thing, which I find confusing, especially if it's named different things. You know what I'm saying? So there could be, let's say, okay, so here's a pretty typical use case for me and our family, which is I find it much easier to, <laughs> to clone an old order rather than create a new one. So we had burgers the other night and delivered. And I, I always say in the field, um, for the, for the burger, for my daughter, I always say, um, uh, please just patty and cheese on a bun with nothing else. It's for a kid. Mm -hmm. Thanks. And, and it's always in there. Now, if I forget to do that, dinner's not fun that night because it bummed my kid out. Like, like she opens up the thing and it's got some kind of weird sauce she didn't want on there. And I've had to deal with that often enough that I would rather avoid that. I don't think she'll always be that sad about sauce, but I just want to go, you know, watch the Supernatural show that she likes now. Mm -hmm. um, so I clone the order. And then I just am doing running diffs on like, so my wife wants the um, salmon with the salad tonight or the salmon with the rice, not the potato, et cetera. Mm -hmm. 
And so you go and you clone that. And after you clone that, it says, like, do you want to express, reorder this, put this in the bag? These are all, to me, like, really obvious things. Like, I, here's, I think to myself, oh, here's how I would do that. Here's how I wouldn't do that. I bet they learn a lot. There's a lot of analytics in that app for telling them how this should work alongside their business goals. Mm-hmm. Their metrics for success. Right, uh, right. But then that all goes into the bastic, and we have to decide, you know, are we going to order? Or and then there's an affordance that I really appreciate, which is each app does this differently. When you're in the cart, for lack of a better word, the, ba- the bastic, as uh, John's daughter would say, um, you'll say you want to add items. If you want to delete items, they almost all have the affordance of sliding right to left to delete or edit. Uh, and then there's different ways of saying, click here to add more items. And then, but like, that's the kind of affordance where like, when I see that in more than one place, um, as a, as a former, uh, you know, uh, web designer and large animal veterinarian, I see that and go like, huh, that's kind of weird and lazy, but I'll bet you dimes to donuts that they realized this percentage of people want to look for and click on these, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And this other percentage of people want to click on or find this kind of thing. And even if it causes the essentially same result, which hurts my brain from like a tightly wound designer standpoint. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was raised back in the day to believe like you only provide one way to do something. If you're providing more than one way to do something, your interface is not working well. There should be a very clear way to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And you don't, you don't, you definitely don't try to, you know, tart that up with a lot of, as we used to call blah, blah text, because nobody reads blah, blah text. I mean, the only people who read blah, blah text are people who are like nerds and people who are troubleshooting. But that's the kind of thing you got to do. Mm-hmm. If you learn from your users that are your, you know, your, your consumers, your users, whatever you want to call it, your friends, you learn that like, I need to, I need to make it easy to bring you the things that you want. If I move where that thing is, even though it is more, according to Hoyle, good design to put that there. If I move that there and I'm getting a bunch of tickets from my increasingly large audience about how I delete my account, you know, that's. That's double costly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like there's, this is nothing new, but like there's a reason it's hard to cancel your account in places. There's a reason most people hide that in a very unintuitive place. There's a reason that it used to be you had to call AOL to cancel. You had to call and call them be on counseled. the phone. Call them on the phone and be counseled basically by someone who wants to know what it's going to take to put you in this floppy disk today. <laughs> it all has a cost. Yeah. We're talking about a third thing you like. You know, oh, it's by a, the way, just so just to catch you up, Craig Federighi is in the lab now. There's oh, white, he's, he's in the lab. He's in he's in the lab. Hair Force One is the funny name they have for him, and they love his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He's always he's always planning trips with other men uh, to go look at bears and do dad jokes while they listen to probably you two, Tom Petty. I bet he's a big Tom Petty guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Third thing you like. Third thing is another. It's another podcast. What is happening, Dan? They, I don't know why. Are you I, sure? Are you sure this is? I mean, I can you send. Get I can a send zeros this. off with this. Mm-hmm. These people are sponsoring us with these podcasts because they've come to realize that the only the only mm. vehicle that they have to that's effective is this show. You want an effective vehicle, regardless of where you're going. That's what I'm saying. The only way that people I are. I don't want f- a steering wheel that just whizzes off in my hand. <laughs> I want a good steering wheel. Too small. Whiz, whizzes off. Whizzes off in my hand. Too small. So um, now this, you have to marry your mother-in-law. This show is, ahead, is called sorry. Merlin. It's called Remote Works, and this one tells uh, it's re- called Remote Works. Remote <laughs> Remote Works. Remote Works. That's the name of the show. Pair of pimples for hairy fish nuts. 
a podcast that tells extraordinary stories of teams that made the shift to working remotely. See, it's, it, but it's targeted toward our audience, isn't it? Because they know that our audience, there's a lot of people in our audience who are, who are free thinkers. They're, they're different. They think different. And they <laughs> are working from home and they want to do it better. They want to go back to work remote from home remote works. You, are you with me? Are you with me? Do you follow me? Yes, I'm with you, Dan. Okay. I'm having problems. First of all, Cable Sasser in, with very interesting facial hair just popped up on my screen. Also, I think I'm I'm suffering something. What's the phrase? I learned about this from Ted Lasso. Um, it's when like words stop being meaningful. You know, like when you say a word over and over and over until it's like not meaningful. I think I'm going through that today. I might be having a neurological event because every everything everyone says today sounds like a homonym. Or, or, or possibly uh, uh, a, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like a Romana Clay? That's not it. But you're saying remote works? It does? That's the name of the show. That's the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Third base. Huh. So th- one of, in this season, wow. they've got, a, they talk about how the pandemic did not slow down Aston Martin Red Bull racing drivers and how they were able to do it. See, I, are you into F1? Do you, did you watch the Netflix show, the F1 show? Oh, absolutely. That's what? such a good show. Oh my, no. have you not seen it? Is it about cars? No, this is the thing. I don't like, first of all, I don't like cars. I don't care about cars. I don't care about, I don't care about racing or racing don't cars. Don't pander, Dan. Don't, don't pander to the working remotes. But listen to the, this. If the remote works, don't fix it. I want you to watch this. I want you to watch the F1 well, I want to be on tall. Netflix. What's an F1? Isn't, is that a French, is that a French car? Formula what One. What is an F1? Formula what is it? One. Oh, I see. That's your uh, that's your Ramona Clay. Okay. So go and I'm then just the it's remote works. Show. Are you sure it works? Did you check the batteries? It does work. And so here's they say so they talk about that smart red car? Bull racers. They talk about oh. how two wo- women that were working in a tiny trapper's cabin in the Arctic are, are dod- they dodge polar bears and and <laughs> help climate change. I'm not making this up. They talk about <laughs> a digital nomads that are working from the beach in in Bali. And how this, yes, there's a, but it's very, very cool. And there's Bali tons high. of insight and advice that you can apply to the way that we're all having to work now in COVID. It's pretty cool. I need that. Distributed I need that. work. I need that. So I, I again, I, I was able to listen to some of these. I've been doing a lot more podcast listening. I've really been enjoying it. So the same deal. Search for Remote Works anywhere you listen to podcasts. And thanks very much to Remote Works for making this show possible. It's a good one. Thank you, Remote Works. Bok, bok. Trying to find you this comic. And then we can go, oh, let's see, M1, a product where the power efficiency of M1 changes everything. Mm. Um, oh, wait, I think I got it. Oh, wait. Oh, here it is. Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. You found yay. the one you were looking it. for, the original one, the special one? I think so. It looks like, uh, it, well, the layout is a little, oh, I guess it's a Sunday comic. It's uh, got a few big panels. I'll just send you what I could find, and if you want to look around more, you certainly can. So, um, and we'll put a link to this in notes. I'm sending Dan a uh, 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 2009. What? I don't think that's right. I would peg this more. That's that's an early, that's an early opus too. That's back when. Oh yeah, he that he has like his where his beak looks more like yeah. a a nose. Well, yes, and there's and the, the bit, man's there's nose looks more like a he's beak. Actually, he's actually a puffin, not a penguin. So here it is. Okay, so so opus is hanging out and. Uh, and, and somebody this, 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 I think we'll learn in a minute. Hare Krishna says something to him. He says, I beg your pardon. And Hare Krishna says, I ask if you would make an offering to a spiritual pilgrim. And Opus says, ah, you're a penguin too. He says, pilgrim, my son. 
Pilgrim? Yes, of the Hare Krishnas. Harry Fishnuts? Hare Krishnas. Your offering would go to our prayer temples. Dimples? Prayer temples. Pear pipples for Harry Fishnuts! Just cough up some dough, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, that, that's got to be up there. Well, I mean, like it's. I just oh God, Bloom County was so wonderful. Um, but also like you know, there, there's in my in my um what my quiver of non sequiturs about the difficulties of language. Certainly very high up the list. It would be may I mambo dog face to the banana patch. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember that from your youth? Yes. Who, it's who a uh, Steve by? Martin thing, right? Here's what you do? Here's how you say a script, your kid. Whenever you are around him, talk wrong so it's his first day of school he wants to go to the bathroom he raises his hand and says to the teacher may i mumbo dog face to the banana patch mm-hmm. <laughs> get, a, get a special test get him out of here do you remember when you would memorize records like comedy records oh absolutely it's like the opening of uh, the wonderful uh paul feek show what's it called freaks and geeks and like in that first scene where the boys are doing like bill murray impersonations mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god this is, it's too, it's too real. Oh, Martin Starr, you are so many me's in this world. Hmm. Martin Starr and Ringo Starr, probably unrelated. One of his real names is Martin Starkey. Mike Binkley, during one Sunday strip, points out the fact that Opus more closely resembles a puffin, a revelation mm-hmm. shocking to the sensitive Opus. <laughs> in the final panel of the same strip, Opus responds by telling Binkley that he looks like a carrot. <laughs> and what what was the kid when the one kid with the big head he has a computer it's the banana junior is that yes what it's called? yes oh my god that's so cute oh uh, dan let's see where we are now faster than 98 percent neural engine there's a woman in a big room astonishing nine times faster than the previous air i'm gonna go ahead and predict it dan i think they're, they're i think they're they can't wait to see what i do with this <laughs> Next time I want to talk about HomePods, I want to talk about these new field notes. <sighs> Maybe I'll eventually talk about unclenching a little bit. Oh, I got to hear about that. That should be the title for your, uh, for your next talk, unclenching. No, I think it's going to be the name of my third memoir. I don't know what the first two will be called, but the third one, like a Shirley MacLaine, mm-hmm. this is going to be the, a fun one where I'm like in a fun mom sweater with a white background, you know, like, like just smiling broadly. And it's like, you know, what was it? What was the title again? Unclenching a little? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unclenching a little, colon. Mm-hmm. I got to work on that. I got to work on everything after the colon. Okay, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. Mm-hmm.